Incendium means fire, right? Yep, it's Latin. It means fire. Because I looked that up on like Wikipedia like an hour ago. Yeah. How did you come up with that name? I was on Google Translate and I was like, I want my name to be fire. I don't know what language I want it to be in though. So you you know of it either. Yeah, and then I just like stumbled on it and I was like Incendium. Because I thought it was like you came, came to it because of the Adventure Time episode. Because apparently there is... No, but I realized that like... A year ago, like, after looking up my name, like, seeing, like, if I got clout or anything, mm-hmm. in that fucking episode just kept coming, coming up. It's not... Sorry, sorry. I'm not it's, not the, it's not the SoundCloud. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I'll try to... What? Okay, so, the reason I'm interested in, um, interviewing you specifically is because there's, there's a lot of SoundCloud rappers, right? A lot of people who are doing what you're doing, but also what caught my eye was the fact that you've been doing this at a very, like, early age. What age did you yeah. start? Did I start doing music? You started doing music. Yeah. Well, not just start doing music, but like, what, like, how'd you, what age did you get interested in music? Oh. I'd say I got interested in music when I was, like, nine, nine or ten, like, fourth grade, because, like, um, like, I remember before that, like, my mom would always, like, when I was, like, really, really young, my mom would play, like, 70s and 80s music and stuff, like, hollow notes and, um... And she played, like, 60s, like, The Beatles and Rolling Stones and, like, just stuff like that, like, Elton John. And, like, so, like, that was kind of, like, what I was really exposed to early on, but it never really caught to me. I mean, I just kind of saw them as, like, catchy songs, but I didn't really think about, like, the detail that, like, went into making those songs. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, like, just kind of, like, casual listener. And then when I was, like, 9 or 10, like, that's when I started getting into hip-hop music. And, like, because, like, this one kid on my block... Uh, his name is Matias. Shout out to Matias. He played this song "Good Morning" by Kanye West, and I was like, it was such a banger. And then like, <laughs> after that, like I just got more and more into hip hop. I started listening to a lot of like Eminem early on and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like, also like mostly just Kanye, Eminem, and then like Kid Cudi as well because he was kind of hot at the time. And then like um, when I was in fifth grade, so I remember the exact date. April 27th, 2011, because the video is still on there. I posted uh, Candyland. Is it, is it still up? Yeah, it's still up. <laughs> but I'm not going to... We're not going to link it? No. But, <laughs> but I'll, okay, I'll tell you the title. So, like, you could just find it out. But it was, like, Jolie Rancher. That was my that was my rap name, because it's, like, a play on Jolly Rancher with Joel. And then, like... So, yeah, I did Candyland. And basically, it's... If you don't want to bother watching it it's basically just like two minutes of me like acapella rapping and that's it and then like this kid named nick that i knew a lot like i knew really well back then was filming it and that's just it that was it so like um so yeah that's like the first song i did and then like after that like subsequently over the next few months i would like make uh more and more songs so like there's one called like there's one called, like, Tick or something. There's one called, like, Gangsta. That you made, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and me just, like, just freestyling. And all of those are taken down. The only one that's left is, is Candyland. Because I would just, I don't know. I just I hated them. And I, honestly, I would have taken down Candyland if, like, but I still like the memory, I guess. The memory of it, like the first one. Yeah, and there's no other copy of it anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so there's, like, that moment where, like, for me, um, whenever... You get for me personally with like film like uh, when I watched The Incredibles mm-hmm. I was like and I saw the BTS at the age of five I was like oh my gosh they're actual people behind the scenes right, right. similar similarly to music 
um, there's a whole part that you're listening to music, but there's a mixing. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. Mm-hmm. What? When did you get interested in finding out or researching about the effort that goes into music and getting interested into it yourself? Well, originally it was kind of unintentional because I was just I was producing music just so I could have instrumentals to rap over because I originally wanted to be a rapper. So like, I guess I would just like. I wanted to emulate the artists that I liked the most, so like Kanye, Eminem, Kid Cudi, and I was like listening to their songs, I was like, I want to make something just like this, but I didn't really understand producing, or I didn't know like how much of a collaborative effort it can be, and like how much of an industry it really is, so like, so yeah, when I was like 12, um, I started uploading songs that I, like the instrumentals I made for the songs I just made, like using like loops preset loops like like on GarageBand and stuff so I wasn't even making the sounds I was just like putting together stuff that was already created and just making like a cheap ass like kind of trash instrumental on GarageBand right on GarageBand. that's like the starter of do you still use GarageBand hell no, no. <laughs> it's like using iMovie yeah <laughs> uh yeah so. I know so, I know some like mixers who still use GarageBand well I mean here's the thing like GarageBand's like, it, it isn't even that bad if, like, okay, if you're, like, rapping over, like, instrumentals that are, like, famous or, like, instrumentals that you can find on YouTube, mm-hmm. GarageBand, it doesn't really matter, it doesn't really matter what digital audio workstation you use as long as you have a good mic, like, and you're just making amateur music, but if, like, if you actually want to, like, mix in mix, detail yeah. and produce in detail, you, you can't use GarageBand, it just doesn't have enough capabilities. So what software do you use now? So I use Logic. Logic, okay. Yeah. Which is, like... Which actually, like, the the format is almost the exact same as GarageBand. <laughs> it's just that, like, there's, like, way more stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. But, like, the actual, like, layout, like, the, the look of it is the exact same as GarageBand. But, yeah. But I like Logic a lot. It's kind of like, um... There's this program that, like, a ton of hip-hop producers use called uh, FL Studios. Um, and it's it's a PC program, so, like... Logic is kind of like the Mac equivalent to FL Studios. Okay, yeah. so you're using you're using the Mac, right? Your Mac yeah. user. Okay. So I've been to your um your mini studio, right? Yeah. I've been to it multiple times. Um, when when did you start like working on that? What age did you start getting the equipment for your studio? Well, the first mic I ever bought, I still I still use. So it was the Audio Technica ATG. I forgot the model number. When did you get that? Like I got that when I was twelve. So oh wow, yeah. When that that's when I when I was like still rapping and stuff mm-hmm. and like making those Jolie Rancher songs, and then like um, I don't know. And then like when I got my first copy of Logic, which was sometime in twenty thirteen, or yeah, twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. Um, I got like a like a MIDI keyboard to like. So a MIDI keyboard is basically just like, it's a keyboard that is specifically used for producing. So like MIDI basically means like fake instrument. So it's mm-hmm. like, they, it's like a, it's just a piano keyboard that can emulate a bunch of program sounds in a workstation. So like I got the actual physical keyboard that I can like plug in to my computer and like use it to sample stuff. And it's just like, it's just easier. So like first it was the mic, then it was the keyboard. And then uh, I got a laptop, so, like, I could start making beats, like, wherever. And then, um, and then after that, yeah, like, 
I think it was like my dad or something that convinced me. He was like, "Hey, if you really want to be in this, like, you got to go all out. Like, you can't half-ass it." So he was like, "So like, he he was like really like he was like a huge proponent of it and stuff." He was like, "So we need to get all this equipment." He's like, "So like, we went to like uh, what's it called, Guitar Center. Mm-hmm. And we bought like two speakers, and then we bought like a bunch of like foam, like that you put on your wall and stuff, yeah, yeah to, to like it." Apparently it helps with like the audio dynamics. Have you seen a? Have you heard a difference? No, <laughs> but it looks cool. It looks cool. <laughs> it looks cool. Uh, and then uh, yeah, so it was just kind of like a gradual process, and then like, and then eventually I moved out of my like because that was originally my bedroom, and I just moved out and then turned it into a studio. Now it's just your all out. Yeah. Studio. So your dad was a huge uh, supporter of like. Yeah, dude. Music. He listened to like my first mixtape. He did. Uh, yeah. What was it called? It's called the Candy Mixtape. Okay, so that's with Jolly your, Rancher. Jolly Rancher. That came out in like twenty. That's a really creative name. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Like, that's pretty creative. Like now, I wouldn't stick with it, but like, right. Then, that was like, I would say that's a pretty cute and creative. Yeah, I got it name. from because kids would call me that like on recess, like during recess in fourth grade, like when you were playing tag and stuff. Just for fun. Yeah, they just started saying it. You, you really? You I liked actually it? remember the exact kid that says it. He might have graduated from Seven Lakes. His name's Logan Benefield. Like our grade? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so shout out to Logan Benefield. <laughs> for, for the first, what, couple years of your career. Yes. So you got into rapping. That was like the first thing you got into, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's usually, I think, what, what can be seen as a lot of the times like a therapeutic form of self-reflection. Yeah. How did releasing your, um, I would say, your rap albums in your early stages help you self-reflect? Well, I'd say, like, my very first album, like, like, the Candy Mixtape, like, I wasn't really taking it seriously at mm-hmm. all. It was kind of just BSing. But, like, my second mixtape, which was called, and this is when I changed my name. So I changed my name from Jolie Rancher to JS, which is just my initials. And then, like, I put out Do Not Look Down, which was my second mixtape. And, like, to be honest, like, on that on that mixtape, it kind of felt like most of the serious topics I were talking about, I was talking about was just kind of like I was emulating other serious topics that I heard. Mm-hmm. Like I was just trying to like I was just trying to make make it sound like professional, I guess. So I started rapping about like oh like the industry and like yeah. <laughs> and like going mainstream and stuff like stuff that like was not relevant at all to me. But I was just like it sounds cool on the song. But the mixtape after that the which is called the unwritten book like i actually put a lot of like my like personal Did stuff that come out uh, your sophomore year or yeah okay 2015 i remember that one yeah so like yeah i put like a lot of like my personal like stuff into that so like i talked about like um i kind of just talked about like stress and like anxiety and like how like past issues like come to the present and like stuff like that like stuff that I kind of like I even like said some like (laughs) I said some really personal stuff on the last song of that mixtape that I'm not really going to get into but like Mm -hmm. like I just put like a lot of more like just kind of like dumped out stuff under the songs and like it helped a lot honestly like writing and recording it and stuff so the only thing that I wish like would have been different is like if I would have gotten more like if, if I were to have a bigger platform or something, like, 
it would have been way more fulfilling because like people could actually hear it like i mean a few people did and it just felt good to get it out but i think it would have been a lot better if like a lot of people it was a damn good album I remember listening oh, yeah. to it. McFlurry. Because, well, I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, McFlurry out of the, I think, how many tracks were there in that? The, there's 12 tracks and then McFlurry. McFlurry just stands out, I think, as well, a weird. Bo- it was a bonus track. It was a bonus, yeah. <laughs> it's just that weird one that's at the end of it. But I think if you take out McFlurry, which is, in my opinion, kind of like a satire yeah. of uh, rap. I think if you guys don't know what McFlurry is, it's a song me and Neil did. About almost three years ago, right? Yeah. Just three years and ago, yeah. video for it. We made a we made a cringy music intentionally cringy music video for yeah. it, which I still laugh at today. But um, yeah, no, it was a damn good album, and I like. I forget which one it was. I think it was called My Life. Yeah. And you mixed like the Donald Duck. Um, <laughs> it, it was like it was some weird like. It sounded like Donald Duck was rapping My Life or something like that. Oh no! It was just my voice, and I just pitched it up. Okay, that was genius. I was like, this is actually like really cool. But that was your last album, right? Yeah. And then why'd you uh, switch to Beats? Because I realized, like, I knew there was a problem when, like, I could never, like, listen to my own music without just cringing I mean, that's the thing. I don't think anybody can hear or even watch themselves. Right. Right. But, like, the thing is, like, man, every, like, I remember going everywhere and people always wanted to play my music and stuff. And, like, I appreciate it. But, like, when they turned it on and I just heard my, like, squeaky-ass voice, I was like, Oh, so you really could, you kind of couldn't stand the yeah, sound yourself. Yeah, I was like, yourself. dude, I just, I was like, I can't, I just wasn't made for this. Like, I just compared myself to like other rappers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, it's not gonna work. So like, <laughs> um, but like at that time, like when I was still rapping, I was also producing. Like, I wanted to get better at producing, so it wasn't like I just like switched over. Like, I was doing both at the same mm-hmm. time. I just dropped the rapping and focused solely on producing. So, so yeah, like. Um, yeah, so 2016, summer of 2016, I created my own YouTube channel for my beats, which is called Incendium Beats. And then, uh, yeah, just started uploading beats on there. And ever since then, I've just been creating beats and sending them to people. And yeah. I know you have like a list of 17 beats, right? On, on, the, your, on your SoundCloud. Yeah. Which like I pull from for the vlogs right but when did you did you like do those all at one time or did you, were those like done spread out in the course of two years those songs though yeah well the only reason i uploaded them on so those 17 beats that i uploaded on soundcloud are from my youtube channel so okay. i just uploaded i kind of wanted most of the clout to go to the youtube channel and then soundcloud was just so people could like download the instrumentals if they wanted to Okay. So, like, in the description of the YouTube videos, it says, like, download here, and then it's the SoundCloud link. So, like, yeah, I would just upload those, like, concurrently with the um, with the uh, YouTube videos. And, yeah, that was, like, gradual. It was over a span of, like, a few years. So, I know you said earlier that, like, your dad was a huge, um, I would say, he kind of pushed you to go all in. Like, if you like something, go all the way in. Yeah. Um, the question I have, and I think it's kind of, in a way, a cliche question, but it produces the most, I think, interesting responses, mm-hmm. is what drives you and what makes you, like, want to do more of this? Um, I guess, like, I just, like, uh, I don't know, like, I'll just hear, like, a beat or, like, an instrumental or, like, some, like, melody, like, and then I'll just be like, damn, like, this sounds so clean, this sounds so good, like, I kind of just want to do that, like... I just want to make those noise, like sounds for myself. Like that's really it. Like, in a way, you, do you see that as like a way of bettering your own craft 
Yeah. That they've done it a certain way. I like to do it that way also. Right. Also, like, I kind of, like, um, I, like, have this, like, I want, like, I kind of have this fantasy, I guess, like, the kind of goal that I strive towards, like, where I want to just, like, stay behind the scene. And, like, also, like, just the thing, the thing about music producing for me is just, like, I just really like the patterns and just, like, the work that goes into it, like, it's just, like, relaxing to me, like, I guess. It's kind of weird, but, like... No, it's, it's, it's again, weird. like it's a just, therapeutic form. Yeah, it's therapeutic. I yeah. Just, I'm doing it, and I'm just, like... Oh, I'm, like, turning the knob. I'm turning the knob. I'm panning it to the left, or I'm, like, I'm turning this up, turning this down. I'm just, like, I like it. So do you feel those, like, <laughs> even though you're just... There's no, uh, I guess... There's no, there are no words in your beats, right? Do you still feel like there's a language or a tone that you're trying to? Yeah. Oh hell yeah, definitely. And it's almost like every little thing that you put into a mix is like, kind of makes it like a different dialect from like another mm-hmm. instrumental. Like, like I put some kind of like I EQ the bass out of this like piano, so like it sounds different than this, and it's like it's just my own little language, yeah. Um. Yeah, but like like I was saying like the about the fantasy thing. Like I have this fantasy where like I want to like be behind the scenes and create like a bunch of music for people and then like people like they're like they go back to that and then they read like my name in the credits and they're like, "Oh shit, like he did that." <laughs> and, then, and then I'm just like, "Yeah, I yeah, did in that. the background like yeah. Yeah, I did that." <laughs> just like the dude in the background that just like does stuff. Now, I know you <laughs> with with uh I think Abba's you mixed her song, right? Mm-hmm. I, and produced, yeah. Yeah, you produced, sorry. You, no, I did both, yeah. You produced and mixed Abba's song. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the first time you had done something like that, or had you done it before? Like, what do you mean? Producing for someone, for them to sing your music. Well, not sing your music, but, you know, follow the beat, and, you know, first time producing and mixing someone's music. No, it's definitely not the first time. But it was different. Like, okay. before that, yeah, I produced for a lot of, like, I produce for just rappers, like, so, like, yeah, I would make instrumentals for them, they would come over, record, and I would make the beat for them to rap on, but mm-hmm. in the case of ABBA, it was, like, this is the first time I worked with, like, a singer, and it was also the first time that I was, like, it was the first time that I created an instrumental that wasn't hip-hop that I actually, like, was proud of. So you know, you were kind of out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I was definitely out of my comfort zone. Okay. But like, the thing is, I, I mean, I created non-hip hop instrumentals before. It's just mm-hmm. they were all trash to me. But like, when I created that one, I was like, I remember like, I was like, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> got, so. People loved it. Um, but so the question I was going to ask for the follow up of that one was, the first time you weren't rapping, right? Someone else was rapping, I guess, your music in a way mm-hmm. that you produced. Was it a weird feeling or was it like, this is fine? Like, you're not you're not rapping it anymore. Someone else is rapping it. Well, actually, um, I was actually, I worked with other rappers, like, I produced for other rappers before I even stopped rapping. So, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a hard transition okay. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything big, you were just like, right. you yeah, know, this is fun. But it yeah. wasn't like when you gave up rapping, did you miss it? Yeah. I actually I actually was I actually kinda like relapsed like 
Or like, <laughs> like I started, I started like working on an entire album that never came out. So but you still, you still have it? Yes, it's. I made it in like late 2016 or something. Late 2016. It's called. Um, I think it's called like Incendio Inspired or something, and it's just like most of the instrumentals are mine, and I'm just like each one is like a minute long, and it's just me rapping over. So would you get back into the game, or now you think you're you're done? Maybe one day. Maybe one day. It's not. A, it's not a lost cause. Now, uh, what college you go, are you going to? Texas, Texas, Texas State. State. So what are you majoring in? Why did you choose that major? Psychology. So, um, Well, originally I wanted to do sound recording technology, which is actually a major at Texas State. It's like a completely different school of like... Like when I, I visited San Marcos in November, and like I remember going to the sound recording technology building like they have a building that's part of the campus and like it's like legit like it's just like a huge like studio but the thing is like the reason i didn't pursue why well, I, I didn't pursue it for a couple of reasons so first of all i realized that like most people don't really get far in the music business by virtue of their merit they get far by like connections so like mm-hmm. I thought if I were to spend money on a sound recording technology degree, it would just be a waste of money because, I mean, the chances of breaking into the music industry are just very low. So, and I also feel like a lot of nowadays it's kind of like a different deal where right. you have SoundCloud rappers, everybody exactly. uploading. You don't have to YouTube. have you don't yeah. have to have like credentials anymore. Mm-hmm. You just have to. It's really just a like you just have to have like business. You have to be business savvy, or you don't even have to be business savvy. You just have to be surrounded by people that are business savvy that mm-hmm. can help you, like promote yourself, and you'll be okay. So I know you uh, went to the Miller Career Center your junior year. Right? Se- yeah, senior year. Senior year. Okay. Yeah. So what was the difference? Like, what did you learn from that? If you learned anything? Oh, I learned a lot. Okay. <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, so shout out to uh, shout out to Mr. B. He's my digital audio teacher. The stuff we learned was like kind of complex. So like, when I applied what we learned to my own beats, it was just a lot simpler and a lot easier. But like, the thing is, like, I learned stuff like ten times harder than what I usually do. So like, I could kind of just make my beats on like a way more like professional level. So like, mm-hmm. so yeah, just like some of the beats right now on your SoundCloud are they from? that class no oh no like i never like made a beat that i kept from that class like okay because we all we have like our own first of all we use a completely different program Mm -hmm. um so i wouldn't be able to like translate it over like what program did you guys use pro tools okay which is like the professional program really okay okay so like yeah, I just, yeah, I, and I just never had time to make like beats on my own in that class because we were always just doing projects and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, but it definitely like inspired a lot of my techniques, like with compression and like modulation, EQ stuff like that. Just made it more complex, more tight. Yeah, so definitely so, helped. So, how do you plan on continuing this graph? Because now you're going to college and you're pursuing psychology, right? Right. Yeah. So. I'm probably just gonna do it do it as like a hobby like I mean a lot of people like I'm sure in college are gonna be you know partying and stuff and like in their free time when they aren't studying they're gonna be you know hanging out with friends and stuff and like I'm not saying I'm not gonna hang out with people like yeah <laughs> but like I'm just saying like I'm not really a party guy just not my thing so like 
you know, like, in my free time, like, if I even get enough free time, but, like, the times that I'm not studying in college, like, I'm probably going to be making beats. Okay. So, I know I just used, you're majoring in psychology, right? Yes. What made you choose that field? Well, to be honest, I don't, I don't even know if I'm confident in that field at the moment, but it is, like, it is kind of, like, the second best option, I guess, for me that also could lead to a viable career. So I just, I don't know, I'm just interested in psychology, just very, like, because it's, like, a very unknown kind of field. Like, there's a lot of stigma around it and just, like, you know, it's a, it's not a hard science, it's a social science, so there's a lot of, like, gray area and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just find that, like, really interesting. It's, like, an undiscovered yeah. area, really. Because I know you took it, um, in high school, yeah. Miss shout out to Miss Davis. Shout out to Miss Davis. Um, and which is a, it was a really interesting class, even though. Yeah, I wish I took it senior year because I could have done it full year. It was a it was a really fun full year, even though I met again I I, I messed around a little bit, a lot in that class. Yeah. Um, it was still like overall it was a very like interesting class, and whenever I come home and sit down and, and read the stuff, it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, what about like specifically in psychology? Um, like, where you leaned you towards um, that area? Well, actually, I think a lot of it had to do with, like, my own kind of mental health issues, I guess. Like, so, like, when I started learning about, like, what kind of made me tick and stuff and, like, what made me have certain reactions to stuff, like, mm-hmm. I kind of just, like, felt like, wow, like, you know, like, I wonder, like, how universal this is, or, like, how does it, like, affect everyone this way, or, like, like why why do these things exist? How can people treat them? Like, I don't know. I just got, like, I guess, like, I was just kind of reading into it a lot, like, in an attempt to kind of, like, help myself. And then while I was reading into it, I realized, like, wow, this is actually, like, really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, is there any, like, specific field that interesting yeah like cognitive behavioral therapy okay it's like basically it's just kind of like you like yeah like it's a good combination of both um, like cognitive therapy and behavioral therapy yes that's that's what's called cognitive behavioral therapy that's exactly i was trying to i was trying to describe it in a way that was way more complicated than what it was but that's what it is yeah um so all right cool before we um and this, any opinions on the current stage of rap and any talents you are um, excited for, upcoming talents you're excited for? Yeah, okay. I'm waiting for this question. So, like, to go off? Yeah, to go <laughs> off. So, like, I think, like, lyricism and, like, con- like, what people call conscious rap, which is just, like, rap with a message, like, that's, like, it's pretty much dead at this point. Like, um, it's just not like the thing right now. I think like, and you know, I think that in the mainstream, at least like, I guess like party music or party rap kind of always sort of like dominated more conscious rap. But I think like nowadays it's like even the independent stuff is like party music now. Mm-hmm. Cause you got all these SoundCloud rappers and stuff that like, they aren't really talking about anything, you know, they're just kind of, it's really just the beats that people kind of 
groove to and like the rapper will just like throw some ad-libs on it and then that's it and that's the, the best song. twitter was that your twitter post you said rappers on soundcloud say you know who it is but you don't know who, <laughs> you they, don't are. Know who they are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that was one of the best things i've ever seen yeah. <laughs> i hope i like that tweet I don't know. I don't know. I might go back. I'll just go through your feed and yeah, like it. I don't really care, but... Such a great tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh... Yeah, so, like... And, like, the thing is, a lot of... You might, you might like, assume that I, like, think that's bad or, like, that mm-hmm. I have a negative opinion on that. But, like, honestly, like... Maybe this is just kind of, like... I guess because I'm not a rapper anymore. I'm a producer that, like... Now that producers, I think, like, this is the age of producers. So, like, I think rappers are kind of just becoming obsolete. And, like, people are starting to actually recognize who producers are. Because, like, if you think, like, back in the early 2000s and uh, even, like, up until, like, the early 2010s, like, people didn't care about the producers. They just kind of associated everything with the rapper. But now that, like, rappers have become so, like, simplified and just kind of, like, background noise, like, people are actually paying attention to the producers. So, like, I bet if I were to say, like, Metro Boomin or something, the name Metro Boomin, a lot of people would know who that is. And he's not even a rapper. He's just a really popular Mm -hmm. producer. And, um... Um, Do you think that's because nowadays everybody's uploading on SoundCloud and people are realizing how hard and um, how difficult it is to produce music and that's why um, producers are like on the come up now in terms of recognition? Um, I don't think people under, I don't think people really get how hard it is. They just like, they just, music is just like, or like hip hop nowadays, like the beats have just become so complex. Like, mm-hmm. If you think, like, okay, so back in, like, the 90s and stuff, like, hip-hop beats were really just, like, drum breaks and a bass line, and then the rapper would just, like, spit over Mm -hmm. that. But it's, like, now there's, like, complex melodies, there's, like, weird, like, kind of manipulations, there's, like, live instrumentation, just, it's a very, like, packed, like, instrumental. So, like, it's almost like the instrumentals themselves kind of... they're what's catchy. It's not what the rapper... The rappers aren't really catchy anymore. So, like... So, like, I think it's just that people, like... So you're saying in the 90s, they were were more catchy than they are... No, 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 no. No, I'm saying in the the 90s and, like, early 2000s, like, if a hip-hop song was catchy, it was because of, like, a chorus or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Or, like, a refrain. But now it's just... it's mostly just the beats. Like, the beats. Okay. Because yeah. I was going to ask, like, what do you think is the difference between... Because there's, I think, a huge difference in 90s hip-hop yeah. versus what it's um, turned into now. What do you think... And you may have uh, touched up on it already, but what do you think is the main difference between then and now? Um, I think it's just... I think there was a certain level of, like, desperation back in the 90s because, like hip-hop was just starting and like when hip-hop started in the 80s it was kind of like this it was supposed to be like a voice for like the uh disenfranchised and stuff so like there's a lot of like political uh motivation behind it and just very like the songs are very charged i guess Mm -hmm. so like in the 90s there was a lot more like desperation of just like we're trying to get out a message we're trying to rebel it's just like now nowadays it's just like 
hip hop has become so there's not a stigma I guess against hip hop anymore so it's just become so oversaturated that people are just like doing people are kind of just it's not about a message anymore not even saying that's a bad thing it's just really about the music Mm -hmm. with like a hip hop twist Okay. So yeah. where do you see um, rap going in about, I guess, 10, 20 years? Do you see such a, do you see like a big difference there was in the past 20 years or um, not so much? Um, do I, wait, are, are you asking if I see a difference between the past Like, do you years think, and... do you think there will be as big of a difference that there was from 20 years ago to today that there will be 20 years from now? Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm probably, I just don't know exactly. You don't know where exactly where it'll go. Yeah. But there definitely will be a huge difference. Yes. It'll be very fun to see. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you for um, joining me on a spotlight yeah, episode. For me. And um, yeah, that was the Mango Time with Joel Samich, or also again Incendium. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time, or will you will hear us next time? Yes. All right. Cool.